Knowledge Products presents the Federalist Papers by Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and John Jay. The year 1776 is celebrated for a revolution in favor of liberty. This remark appeared in the Pennsylvania Gazette on September 5, 1787, shortly before the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia concluded its business. The Gazette continued, The year 1787, it is expected, will be celebrated with equal joy for a revolution in favor of government. The Convention in Philadelphia was framing a new Constitution for America. And if this convention was a revolution in favor of government, not all Americans greeted it with enthusiasm. For example, Thomas Jefferson, in France during the convention, was ambivalent. Jefferson respected the convention delegates, but he was distressed because they conducted their business in complete secrecy behind locked doors. Jefferson wrote to John Adams, I am sorry they began their deliberations by so abominable a precedent as that of tying up the tongues of their members. Nothing can justify this example but the innocence of their intentions and ignorance of the value of public discussions. I have no doubt that all their other measures will be good and wise. It is really an assembly of demigods. By November 1787, Jefferson had seen the proposed Constitution and... In another letter to John Adams, he gave it less than a rave review. How do you like our new constitution? I confess there are things in it which stagger all my dispositions to subscribe to what such an assembly has proposed. The House of Federal Representatives will not be adequate to the management of affairs either foreign or federal. Their president seems a bad addition of a Polish king. He may be re-elected from four years to four years for life. Reason and experience prove to us that a chief magistrate so continuable is an officer for life. When one or two generations shall have proved that this is an office for life, it becomes on every succession worthy of intrigue, of bribery, of force, and even of foreign interference. Once in office and possessing the military force of the Union without either the aid or check of a council, he would not be easily dethroned, even if the people could be induced to withdraw their votes from him. I wish that at the end of the four years they had made him forever ineligible a second time. Jefferson, like many Americans, was upset because the proposed Constitution did not include a Bill of Rights. In addition, the Philadelphia Convention was authorized to amend the existing Articles of Confederation, not to draft a new Constitution. Jefferson wished the Convention had stayed within these bounds. Indeed, I think all the good of this new Constitution might have been couched in three or four new articles to be added to the good, old, and venerable fabric, which should have been preserved even as a religious relic. Thomas Jefferson, a statesman and theoretician steeped in the tradition of radical Whiggism or radical Republicanism, distrusted a strong central government. And true to this tradition, he particularly disliked power lodged in a single executive. This is why he called the presidential powers granted by the Constitution 
a bad edition of a Polish king. But if Jefferson thought the Constitution gave the president too much power, another statesman and theoretician, Alexander Hamilton, believed precisely the opposite. Alexander Hamilton hatched a plan to organize talented writers to defend the proposed Constitution in meticulous detail. In a series of 85 newspaper articles, published between October 1787 and August 1788, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and John Jay journeyed through the proposed Constitution point by point and attempted to answer the objections of its many critics. When these articles were published in book form, they became known as the Federalist Papers. The struggle to ratify the Constitution sparked one of the most heated debates in American history. Distinguished Americans defended it enthusiastically. Distinguished Americans defended it reluctantly. And distinguished Americans attacked it ferociously. Which side had the stronger arguments? Defenders of the Constitution, known as Federalists? Or critics of the Constitution, known as Anti-Federalists? Modern historians who debate this question often disagree, but consensus has emerged on at least one issue. The Federalist Papers transcends the ratification debate and survives as one of the finest treatments of political theory in American history. George Washington was correct when, writing to Hamilton in 1788, he predicted enduring fame for the Federalist Papers. I have read every performance which has been printed on one side and the other of the great question lately agitated. And without an unmeaning compliment, I will say that I have seen no other so well calculated in my judgment to produce conviction on an unbiased mind as the production of your triumvirate. When the transient circumstances and fugitive performances which attended this crisis shall have disappeared, that work will merit the notice of posterity, because in it are candidly discussed the principles of freedom and the topics of government, which will be always interesting to mankind so long as they shall be connected in civil society. Mm -hmm.